guys, thank you for tuning in with your girl, Sincerely Shatasia. So I do apologize for the delay. Life has been crazy. My computer battery died. So your girl had to get a new battery, which was not cheap. So we are going back at it. Episode number four with our Two Trees series. We're going to be focusing on trust and peace versus doubt and fear. And how relevant is that this year? So stay tuned because we're about to go in. guys so let's open up in prayer father we thank you for this day god we ask that you reveal your truth in this episode god we pray for um, those who are lost god and they can't find your way so we ask that you give us trust in you in any area in our life that we find it hard to trust you god we ask that you give us peace we ask that you help us believe in your word so that way we may come against any doubts that may come across our minds or any or any fears that may Father, we ask that you take full control over my tongue, my mind, God, and move in ways that your people can be touched and be rejuvenated with every promise that you have given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's go into it. All right, so let's reflect on our reality because, you know, myself included, I know I have had some difficulties trusting God in some areas of my life um so you know with that being said is it hard to trust God because you cannot physically see or touch him is it hard for you to find peace within yourself or around you do you find yourself doubting God or do you fear for what your future will be or fear what life outcome will be now especially during this pandemic to know what areas in your life that we need to learn how to trust God so that we don't doubt God and how to receive peace and maintain it and place our faith in the Lord and how we can walk out in our faith and not our fears. So we have to get our discernment on point. Your discernment has to be A1 because when it comes to things that's going to make you feel though, God is not real. I have been there. Trust me. The enemy is tricky. Life is hard and you will start to doubt if God is there if you don't follow these these things. Um, you know, and I'm going to I'm going to give you the secret sauce, which is really not a secret, but I'm really going to just, you know, tell you how you can overcome this. And you know, and if you find yourself in that place, that's perfectly fine. Every person who believes in Jesus, every person who has a relationship with God, I'm pretty sure if they can be honest and 100 with you can say they have doubted God at least one time in their their walk, their relationship with God. And, and you know, we see that throughout the Bible. People were doubting God. Even his own people that he has sent and he called front forth doubted him. Um, so I don't want anyone to feel that, you know, you don't belong or you feel less of because you doubt God. And that's perfectly fine. If you doubt God, then this episode is for you. And if you know someone who doubts God, please share it to them um, because we really want to share the truth. Um, and that is my goal. Um, so first, we have to trust God. 
because it's hard for you to trust God when you can't see him right you don't know what he looks like you can't just call him and say hey God what's up or send him a text it's, it's not it's not that easy so it's going to be challenging to trust God we understand that it's hard to trust someone you don't see but you know it's there it's weird but it's true um, and we all know the famous Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 where it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on to your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight I know that off the back of my hand but let's really dive deep into that and some of us already may know this but really haven't received the revelation truth behind this when I was reading this God really has exposed to me that trusting in him with all your heart requires your heart to be open and willing because if you don't have an open and willing heart God's not going to be able to go in there because your heart is discarded like Fort Knox um well bolted actually so, you know, you have you have to have an open heart. You have to have an open heart and you have to be willing to receive what he's going to give to you. Um, trust in the Lord simply just means you fear God's wrath and final judgment. His final judgment, which is our soul's final destination. Um, so that's the lovely heaven or hell. Which one, you, you know, your soul is going to spend eternity in. Um, so that's basically trusting in the Lord means, you know. Um, you may not trust or like every decision that he has for your life, but at the end of the day, when it comes to your soul going into heaven and hell, you should fear him. And fearing him is simply just trusting in him because you know if I trust in him, you know, everything will be perfectly fine. I may not understand. You're probably never going to understand. Um, but you know that he has a better plan. And if this whole universe and galaxy and earth has been here all these billions of years, why wouldn't you trust the God who created it all? Um, God requires wisdom and understanding um, for our situations and circumstances and issues. You know, to trust God, we have to understand his wisdom. You know, it says, do not lean to your own understanding. See, we have to understand God's wisdom, his way of thinking, how he handles things. And we see that how he thinks and how he handles things by reading his words, spending time with him. Um, so once you understand how God wisdom works with his fairnesses, his justice and, and everything that he does accordingly and organized, you know, then you will understand certain things about your situation. You will get, um, you know, certain circumstances that happened to your life. You may understand, oh, I see why God put me through this. I see why I had these so many issues. You know, it will start to come to you and you would make sense it would make sense because God you know has given you his wisdom and you were thinking looking at the situation from your point of view and not God's point of view um also in Proverbs 3 um 5 and 6 is, it tells us that um you know with our own thinking we should not trust our own finite and often mistaken self-declared minds um you know we should always seek god's will over our own so you know with trusting in the lord that is mainly what we have to focus on because if you don't get that at least have that open and willing heart then it's going to be hard for god to move in your life or it's not you know a total war and then once you trust in god he gives you peace with that and the peace now 
I want to break this down a little differently because peace, um, there's so much in the Bible about peace, and I really want to emphasize on uh, perfect peace. And I got this from Isaiah 26, verse 3, where David tells that God will keep those who trust in him in perfect peace. Perfect God equals perfect peace. When our hearts, when our, excuse me, when our thoughts are centered and fixed on God, he's able to direct our path a certain way. We're able to understand things differently, um, you know, and, and to know that he is our eternal rock. Our eternal rock without beginning and end means a solid foundation. You know, that is the perfect Nothing can shake you. Everything around God is our rock. Everything out around us is sinking sand. So Isaiah 26, 3, you know, when David specifies, you know, he will trust. He he trusts in, he gives those who trust in him perfect peace. Because you can't receive peace if you don't have trust. And then when you have perfect peace, when you have your trust, you have your perfect peace, you also have inner peace. Um, and inner peace. I'm actually um, referring to Romans 15 and John 14 talks about the inner peace and how God is our source and which he provides hope and fills us with his joy and peace because our trust is in him, you know, and the Holy Spirit is that, that resource that God gives us, you know, and he can help us maintain that because the inner peace is something that you receive when you trust in the one and believe in the one who's giving it to you because you can't have that inner peace a lot of people have turmoil and they go through things and like why am I so angry why am I so bitter why am I this that and the third and it's because they don't have that inner peace because that inner peace will surpass all the things that's causing turmoil because the Holy Spirit will give you his joy his peace not our joy Joy is happiness. They're two of the same. I mean, two of the, they're two different. They're not the same. And when you have that inner peace, you can go through storm after storm after storm. You could be on a boat knocked out and a storm is raging like Jesus and still have inner peace and sleep peacefully without no one interrupting you. That's the type of peace we're talking about right now. And in order for you to receive that peace, you have to trust in the one who gives it. also our provider especially during this pandemic a lot of people I've seen all over social media people are just panicking about income at my job I hear people you know complaining about this complaining about that and it's all money related it's all I need to pay for this I gotta pay this and do this and do this they all are looking for man to provide and not God to provide Philippians chapter 4 verses 19 tells us that God will always provide our every need. Paul explains his statement of contentment. No matter where he finds himself in life, he tells the Philippians to trust in God and know he will supply all their needs. Not their wants, not their desires, but their needs with his glorious riches. Glorious riches, not earthly riches, not something, you know, that's just going to come one day and be gone the mar- tomorrow. No, 
these riches are glorious. They're never ending. Nothing can come close to them. Brand new right out the box, okay? Like glorious riches. I want you guys to understand that God will supply all of your needs. If you need food, you got food on your table. You got a roof over your head. You got clothes on your back. You got a car. It may not be the best, but it drives you. takes you to point A to point B. You have a job. You may not like it, but it puts food on your table, clothes on your back, and a roof over your head. He provides everything that you need. You don't need no BMW. You don't need 24 inches of hair. You don't need the red bottoms. You don't need the things that culture makes you think that you need. But what you do need is that trust in God. What you do need is inner peace within your soul. And what you do need to understand that God will never let none of his children go without anything, even in this pandemic. So when you understand that, you receive the results of his peace Paul tells Paul tells the Philippians not to become anxious about anything instead pray about everything everything we know this scripture um, and when I was studying this it really hits me and the Holy Spirit said you know without prayer there is no peace without peace there is no protection of your mind and heart you let God know hey I need you in this area I am vocally telling you this whether it's you know vocally or spiritually in your heart or just a thought in your mind and you're making God aware of that even though he's already aware but you're asking for his help and since God is such a gentleman he wants you to ask him he wants you to reach out to him um, and once you once you do that if you have any um, area in your life where you're struggling with trusting God maybe it's trusting God to provide for you maybe it's trusting God in your love life trusting God you know for whatever I don't know what it may be but whatever it is you know pray about it pray about it and see that you will have peace once you pray and see everything that you know that was going to attack you God is protecting your mind from thoughts God's protecting your heart from those feelings and, and the pain so I hope that you know that really helps you all understand you know just a few of those things in a different point of view because those scriptures we've all heard so many times but I really wanted to express that to you on a, on a little, on a different, you know, perspective. Um, going into doubts and fear. Now, when we start doubting God, that's when, you know, we, we start relying on other people. And um, when we rely on other people, we really don't get nowhere. I know I relied on a lot of people and they always let me down. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I'm done with them. I'm not going to rely on them. I put my trust in God. And once I did that, I realized that, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, relying on people. But I have learned throughout my 30 years of life that relying on people things that only God can do 
don't need to rely on anyone because God's going to always come through. And, um, and when he does come through, you'll see that all you had to do was trust him. So I'm going to read Psalms um, 146.3, and I'm going to read from the Amplified um, Bible. And it says, Do not trust in princes, in moral men, in whom there is no salvation or help. And <laughs> that word, when I was reading that, that really like hit me because I'm thinking about the election, right? And I'm thinking about Trump all his supporters and and just how you know people are like really really you know relying on this man like relying on him to find a way to overturn the election um you know people are also relying on joe biden to get to make a difference to make a change you know and that's okay to have hope in a person but to rely on someone where you put your faith and trust in them to where that they're going to save you, which is, you know, what this scripture talks about. You know, do not trust in princes or moral men in whom there is no salvation, no help. They can't save you from anything because they need a savior themselves. Um, you know, it, it leads us to a form of idolatry and identifying the identity of idolatry is actually going to be found in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 15, verses 22 and 23. I'm going to read that. Um, so, just a second. All right. So, I'm going to read out of the uh, New Living Translation. So, it says, But Sammy replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering of fat of rams, the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the commands of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Wow. <laughs> um, sometimes you read the word, you're like, dang, that's like harsh. Like, God, like, ooh, he laid on any sucker. But, um, yeah, so reading that, we see that God doesn't care about how much you give him. You don't care about your 10 tithing. You don't care about um, how many sacrifices you make about your obedience um i mean how many people want to be around people or, or follow people who don't listen to them like you're not even listening to me why would i even care what you offer to me or anything i care that you are going to listen to me and have a conversation and relationship with me more than you can buy me all the diamonds and pearls and wine and dining you know but that's basically you know where god is coming from and it's sacrifice your submission is greater than any large offering you can throw buku money at me and i'm still not going to um you know accept that i don't need that um so you know first samuel chapter 15 verse 
talking about the rejection of God. Now that we know that some idolatry can come from people not being obedient to God, we reflect on how that is rejecting God. Rejecting God, I want to read um, Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 13. I'm actually going to read out of the contemporary English version. Um, so here it says, you my people have sinned in two ways. You have rejected me, the source of the living, of live, excuse me, the source of life giving water. And you've tried to collect water and cracked in leaking pits dug in the ground. So Jeremiah, as we all know, is a prophet. Um, Jeremiah had his life bad. He basically was the person that always had to deliver bad news to Israel because the Israelites were being hard-headed. Um, and Jeremiah struggled with telling them what God had to tell them because he had to give it to them raw. Like, Lord, you want me to tell them? They're not going to like this. First, he's young. And we already know how generation Z and baby boomers and silent generation can act just to us millennials um <laughs> and generation um x so you know we can kind of understand where jeremiah you know didn't want to like you know probably want to tell the israelites you know what god said because it put them in an awkward situation and he had to tell them some straight up stuff like dang really like God said that like he really had to check him on a lot of things and um basically they wasn't too fond about Jeremiah so Jeremiah got thrown in a cistern yes a cistern I'll spell it it's c-i-s-t-e-r-n it's basically a it means it's a container for storm rainwater so yeah it's a pit that's has it's like formed into limestone like limestone around and it's plastered in it and it's it's like a um, plaster to prevent a dugout of like rock and and small opening and spread out in the bottom so if you google it it's pretty interesting to see it um but basically in i think chapter 36 or 30 in jeremiah he got thrown into one of these things and when I was studying, I was like, wow, like, that's interesting. And to know that, you know, when he, when he uses this, um, you know, illustration of how the Israelites were rejecting God, I was like, dang, it's crazy how, you know, he says this. And he basically describes the, um, Israelites as um well let me just I'll, I'll just say it this way I'm, I'm gonna let me say it this way okay so there is um three water supplies in the Palestine there's three water supplies there's the first the best the water the best water I mean that's like your um your best water um your Fiji it's it's the um running water from a spring or a stream right it's also there's also a second supply which is the ground water which is from the well and 
there is a third supply, which is the runoff water. And Jeremiah basically tells Israel that they've forsaken the Lord. And Jeremiah declares that God's chosen people committed spiritual adultery by loving other idols more than the living God himself. Jeremiah describes Israel as a faithless spouse. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. So they're 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 really not feeling God at all. God took them out of Egypt, brought them to the promised land, still not worshiping him, worshiping other gods, committing all type of spiritual idolatry. And then Jeremiah tells the Israelites this. Now they basically are rejecting God, which is referred as the fresh living water. Um, the best, so they're rejecting God, which is rejecting the best water supply you can ever have. And you have to collect it in a cistern. Now, rejecting the living fresh water and collecting it in a cistern that is broken is how it's described when you, when Jeremiah is describing how um, the Israelites were rejecting God. You need your cistern to collect the water back in those days. And the best water to collect was the water that was running off from the stream or the or the spring. Some people collected had, you know, the well water, which we seen the lady at the well when Jesus came, and runoff water, which is the dirtiest water because it's got all mud and stuff in it, so it's, it's really um, so when, um, when I was reading this, I was like, wow, like, you know, comparing, not only are they rejecting the best water supply, you're also, you know, reject, you're using a broken cistern. Like you can't even collect the water. Like you're getting dirty water and then it's broken. So it's like the water that you do got is all muddy and dirty and then it's dripping around. So it's like, you don't even really have any water. So it's like that's the way that you know God is, is looking at it he's like you know hey um you know are you guys ever going to like come back to me like all right guys so now we're going to talk about the doubt part of this so the doubt and fear would be more of the good the knowledge of good and evil so when we look in the book of matthew 14 um peter was deceived by what he saw okay peter decided to doubt what jesus was doing in the midst of that moment when he was called to walk on water so this is a familiar chapter that we've all probably heard before um you know it's very popular a lot of preachers preach about it but I want to highlight a few things in um, the verses 28 and 32. When Peter was deceived by the wind, he saw the wind. Um, and I don't know about how many of you guys, but I don't know how many people can see the wind. You know, I tried and, and it doesn't work for me. So, but Peter saw the wind. Um, and basically what that means um, is he, he, he felt it. Um, he seen the storm coming. And even though he couldn't see the wind physically, but you know, you can feel that. So it's mainly like he see, he seen something was in its way. Um, and that took his attention off Jesus because he was walking toward Jesus. His eyes were focused forward and not to the left 
or to the right. So when he saw the wind, it took his, it distracted him and he started to doubt that he can continue to walk on water with Jesus while the storm was raging. Um, and when we start to doubt what God is doing in our life and God's design and purpose for us, then we start being entertained by lies. And when we are being entertained by lies, we begin to become deceived. Um, We begin to doubt who God is, um, how powerful, how mighty he is. And by entertaining this will deceive us from the truth. And we will doubt what God is doing, um, what he has done, what he will do, and what he has yet to do yet um, in this moment. So exchanging the truth of God for a false conception of him will cause us to struggle with overwhelming feelings of fear, anxiety, insecurities, depressions, inadequacy, Um, whatever it is, anything that is negative and toxic, um, it will come out. It will come out seeping out of your pores um, and it will be visible and it will just it will um, drain your spiritual growth. And we want to um, uplift you. We don't want to drain your spiritual growth. We want to make sure it is full throttle. Um, So looking at that chapter in that perspective, you know, I hope that really helps us understand that, you know, when you're doubting God's existence, when you doubt um, his will, would you doubt his word, you doubt things about him and what he has done in the past and what he is doing now and what he has yet to do, you will be deceived by lies and, you know, we, we don't want that God is the truth. He 100. He more 100 than anything. Every time you read your Bible, we'll end up reading you and you be like, ooh wee. But we're going to go to the next part of that. So we're going to talk about some fears. I know 2020 has definitely been a year of some fears. People has been fearing for their lives, fearing not to get this virus, fearing of losing her job, fearing of a loved one dying, fearing that whatever may happen will happen. The worst case scenario. So you know, we have to sometimes really faith our fears. Like faithing our fears really means having faith in God that he is the creator and he did all of this. He created our insides to our outsides to everything around us. So having faith in God, your fears will decease. Um, So culture defines fears as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. However, God's word defines fear as a rep- as a um, way of respect for him, admiration, and awe for God, and apprehensive. So the difference between fearing God and fearing living with fears is obvious because you're not living in anxiety you're not living in depression you're not living um in things that you know you just walk on eggshells and you're like oh my god I'm an emotional wreck I feel like a roller coaster um you know with one day I'm brave one day I'm not one day I'm bold one day I'm not you know one day I'm confident one day I'm not you know and, and that's perfectly fine we all go through those ups and downs in a relationship with God but just don't stay there don't stay there and what helped me is every time I doubted God I went right to his word and it never failed me no matter if I was in the old testament or the new testament or I was just in prayer you know God will really reveal the truth and you have to, you know, tell the thoughts in your mind to to bow down, you know, denounce them, um, rebuke any negativity, any negative thoughts or feelings. So that really helps you stay focused on, you know, what God's truth is. 
we think about that, David was a man who had a life um, that a lot of us probably would have feared if we lived back in those days. Um, you know, just facing Goliath, you know, as we all know, that right there, you know, that could be fearful, you know, when you're when you're looking at it in a human, you know, perspective, like, oh, yeah, this, and back then, you know, I don't know how tall Goliath was, um, but I would assume that he was pretty big, you know, maybe 13 feet, I don't know, but the way they described him in the Bible, you know, he was pretty tall, um, so yeah, you know, that would probably be fearful if, if you know, if you're just seeing, looking at what you see, you know, you're walking by sight and not by faith, so, so David, um, writes in the chapter, oh, actually, he's, scratch that so David writes in Psalms 2 um, verse 11 when he talks about serving the Lord with reverent fear and rejoice with trembling to serve God with reverent fear basically means that you worship God and serve him um, with all inspired with fear and submission wondered um so rejoicing is, you know, something you just, it, it just brings you joy, you know, that, that you fear a God that can't be destroyed. I mean, who, who wouldn't be joyful for that? Like, oh, I'm a servant God that can be destroyed. And, and then I'm going to face the consequences for the God who defeated my God, you know, like it brings you joy that no one can come against you because the God within you is greater than anyone, you know, who's before you. So, you know, we, we look at that and you know just to give you some encouragement with that that you're supposed to live a life um fearful the consequences and the final judgment of your soul with God he doesn't want you to live worried he doesn't want you to live in depression or be anxious about anything the Bible tells us do not anxious do not be anxious for nothing but in everything pray um you know he doesn't want you to be insecure because you're you're secure with God your soul is secure with Jesus so you have nothing to fear because when this life is over you're going to enter into a life eternity with God and Jesus and all his glorious riches and treasures that he has stored up for you for every good work that you have done on this earth so you know with you know with that being said what is there to fear you know you really have to face your fears um you know, and having faith in everything that you have done, um, and everything that you, you know, try to strive to do, whether you failed or made a mistake that, you know, you came to God and said, Hey God, forgive me and, and continue to strive day in and day out, um, day after day, living a righteous, a righteous life, not a perfect life, but a righteous life, something that's giving God glory and pleasing to him according to his word that, you know, you're living a life that's not contrary to, um, his word. So, you know, Psalms 34 talks about fears. And, um, you know, if you want to look into that, you know, to get a better understanding about fears, just know that blessed and favored by God is a man who fears sin and its consequences at all times. But he who hardens his heart and is determined to sin will fall into disaster. And that's in Proverbs 30, um, 28, excuse me, that's Proverbs 28. 
So I really hope this helps you all. Um, and I really pray that you guys, you know, grow in trust in God and have peace um, that suppresses all understanding, no matter whether you're in the storm or not. And do not doubt God. Um, rely on his truth. Rely on his word. Rely on his promises. Um, fear God's eternal judgment for your soul, because that's the only fear that you should have when you live a life of continuous sins and not repentance. So have a wonderful morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time it is that you are listening to this. I pray that you all stay protected during this pandemic. Please be responsible out there, guys. And I thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate all your support. If anyone has any questions or comments or concern, please feel free to contact me via email at kingdomwithinemp. Excuse me, at gmail.com. Or you can slide in my DMs on Instagram at um, Sincerely Shatasia or Facebook at Shatasia White. So guys, don't forget to subscribe and share. I pray that you all stay blessed and safe. Queens and Kings, have a great day. Make sure your head stay up so your crown don't fall. Deuces.